I have changed up my PowerPoint to, because Pastor Mimi's PowerPoint last week was very colorful. I, I, I want it to be prettier than more normal, so I changed things up a little bit. You know, when, when Veronica was, uh, giving the story, I felt like doing this. Okay, I'm gonna turn my mic off, right? When it's here in the scripture, when he cried out, Jesus said, receive your healing. For your faith is major. Well, the faith equate, he, Jesus equated with his prayer, his request, asking of Jesus. And, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I just need a place where I can just scream out to God, God, I need you. Not, I don't have to look like a pastor. I just need to say, honestly, God, I need you. We've been on, on this, uh, 40 days, a special um, we call it a campaign, but a special party that we did together on the topic, on the theme of life on mission. When we had life growth meeting for six weeks and messages going on throughout the Sundays. And we looked at few things. One, for me, I looked at the heart of God, the mission, the really sharing the word of God. It is from the heart of God, how God loved people and how she is like the good shepherd who goes after looking for one lost sheep to be found. And the woman, and, and sweeping through the whole house uh, to find the lost coin. It really started with the heart of God. And that heart of God, really God speaks to us. That's our calling in life as people of God's people on a mission. We are on a mission as Jesus, our Lord, came with a mission. This find and seek and find the lost. So we are in the place and we are on the uh, sixth week and and and, uh, and 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 that we have we had five action points today. This week we are looking at the last one, the connect, serve, share, serve, share, and grow. Last week Pastor Me spoke on grow. It's not only uh, hearing the gospel and coming to be saved, but also growing, maturing, and becoming the full uh, committed followers of Jesus Christ, becoming more like Christ. And we are, today we are looking at the topic, the theme, prayer. I love it. We are called hope, house, of prayer for all the peoples, for everyone. Prayer. All right, now the, our, our topic, you know, this is new, new uh, uh, the clicker. In, in uh, the last few weeks, it's so colorful. I didn't know what it, how to use this. I didn't use it. I didn't know there was a really great, you know, the laser thingy. Okay, <laughs> you know, I'm, I feel like a little kid. You know, I want to point at every every person here. Okay, uh, let me go back. Today's text is, I think Pastor Mimi mentioned a few times, number of times, two of the most uh, important texts we've been looking at last five six weeks. Matthew chapter five, verse thirty-five to thirty-eight. As well as Acts chapter 1 verse 8. We're going to look at that a little bit. And I believe God will speak to us. And some different aspect, different side to that scripture, the passage with understanding we need to have. I love that this really moves good. Okay, Really, really good. Better than the other one. No more lagging. Alright. Let's look at this passage together. Now I want you to look at this passage, and I, I, I like to put it up because you know, I can highlight things, and I'm just sort of, sort of 
as I read, I'm doing a little mini Bible study. It says, and Jesus went through the, all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, healing every disease and every affliction. Do you notice here how, you know, scripture says Jesus went all the villages and the cities. And, and, and he did a number of things. He, he taught, proclaimed the kingdom of God, and he healed the disease and cast out demons and demonstrated the kingdom of God coming in the midst. Look at what it says in that next verse. It says, when he saw, and as he was preaching and teaching and, and healing all the people, he saw crowds coming to him. It says he saw the crowds coming. He had compassion for them. I love the word compassion. We, we've been looking at the word compassion. Splakonismai, what a powerful word. And he said Jesus saw people coming. He didn't see a mass of people coming. He saw who they were. He saw their heart. He saw their wounds. He saw the condition. Because they were harassed and helpless. Like sheep without shepherd. And, and so Jesus, you know, I mentioned this thing. We, we looked at this, how the compassion begins with seeing things. Often we look, but we don't really see, understand. We only just barely glance, never gaze into things, understand what's going on. Jesus looks at the people coming. So who they were, where they were. This is not in my note, but let me just stop and think. Let me just want to talk to you a little bit, just for a minute or so. About four years ago, Hope moved, uh, over four years, Hope moved to this area, a Clarksville from, we used to be near College Park. We moved here, more of an upper middle class neighborhood. This area, very comfortable, very affluent neighborhood. You know, and often we think, oh, you know, people are living well, comfortable. There's not a lot of issues here. But we often, we think, we see things, we, we see and we, but we do not really see. When you see people who have, you know, a, a comfort and nice things and living well, we think, we somehow we think that they don't really need God. Only those who are really sick or poor need God. That's not true. We don't get, we don't really see the heart and the conditions of the people. If I would say every single one has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, meaning every single one need God. Without God, there's no hope. We don't get to really see people as who they are. Jesus saw them. And because they were harassed and helpless, in, like sheep without a shepherd. And, in, and Jesus, this is something very, very interesting thing Jesus does here. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, Therefore, go and preach the gospel. He didn't say that. He didn't say, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few, therefore you go and work hard. He didn't say that. He said, therefore pray earnestly, all the old school words, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Do you know? Jesus never told disciples to pray anything. I can only remember two places where Jesus said, told disciples pray. One was night before Jesus goes to the cross. On the Gethsemane, he told disciples, 
pray that you do not fall into temptation. And here Jesus tells disciples to pray, ask Father to send more laborers into the field. One of the very few places that Jesus asked disciples pray. Here, the, really, we are looking at Jesus here respond to his his response to all the needs, all the brokenness out there. His response was not "You go and do something." No, he his response was "You ask the Father to send out the workers and laborers into the field." That may be you, that may be me, but he said, "You pray to the Father first. He asked the Lord of the harvest send out the laborers. It is not our duty, our calling first. It is God's heart asking God's heart in the issue here. Now this is, uh, this is one of the verses that we, we know well, we have been really thinking about for the last four or five weeks. In, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, let me just look, 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 look at the portion that we've been really focusing on. When Jesus says, before you ascend the, back to the Father, the, one of the, the last thing he said was, you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. We focus on how we are called to be, you know, uh, to be witnesses in our, where we live and beyond our communities, even to the ends of the earth. Almost like uh, when you throw stone into a, into a lake, to how ripple of the, you know, the ripple the stone make and how ripple spreads on. We are supposed, we are called to be witnesses. You, you shall be my witnesses. But right before that, Jesus says this. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You see, we become, we become, we becoming, we living out as witness of our Lord Jesus Christ is predicated upon we, we receiving power from on high when Holy Spirit comes upon us. So often, you know, and uh, some people may think that when Hope Church is, when, as Hope Church is doing this 40 day campaign, some of you are trying to grow the church or go and do this thing and share the gospel and, and win souls to Christ. As our effort, our work, really the, the, we, we should have talked about this from the beginning, but we actually are putting it at the end, not because it's not significant, but because it is important, the most of utmost importance. You see, witnessing and sharing the love of Christ, it cannot be done in our own strength. It has, it has to be only by the power of God, God's Spirit working in us, me doing all the things, me arguing and, 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 and fighting with and all, you know, uh, uh, debating with people, all those who will not save anybody, will not change anybody's heart. It is God who will work in, in, in and through us that people may come to know Christ. With all the arguments, as good as it may be, all the truth-telling, do not change people's heart. It is Spirit of God, God's Spirit, moving in His people's heart in life that changes. Therefore, Jesus said, you will receive power, dunamis, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Now, even that, that is actually, you have to go back a few more verses to really make it more clear. It says, 
gathering them together right before Jesus uh, really ascends to heaven to his last moment with disciples, just gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, you will be baptized with the Spirit. And you and, and Jesus went on to say, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Then you shall be my witnesses. And, and you shall be my, be my witnesses. There is actually this same thought, and, and it really mentioned in the end of uh, the Gospel of Luke, and says in this way, you are my, Jesus, uh, Jesus says to the disciples, you are my witnesses of these things. And behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city. So I want you to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. Until you are clothed with power from on high. You know, the, uh, the, the, the author of the book and the program that, that, that we are really going through, Tim Harlow, uh, talks about this in, in, in this, in this section in this way. Remember how we talked about mission impossible and things? You know, I, 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 you know, I'm an old school. I, I use, I love James Bond movies. You know, I don't know how many James Bond we went through. One of the best part of the James Bond movie in the beginning, right, when, and in the beginning, right, before he actually sent, sent out with the mission, you know, that guy, that, that guy that comes out, talks about some gadget, or the watch, or the glass, or the pen, that the all kind of thing. You look, you wait for that good stuff, the cool stuff. Before you do anything, I remember one of the James James Bond movie. They talk, they show the car that can do all kind of things, right? Same thing in Mission Impossible. You, you wait for the cool stuff before you go on a mission. Isn't this Jesus saying this? You wait for the power, the ability that God will give you to the Holy Spirit before you are sent out on a mission. You wait, you wait for what. God has promised for you. It is not by your own strength. It is not by your own effort. It is not. Now, therefore, after Jesus ascends to heaven, you know, you know, the disciples and the, the, those who were there, well, the first thing they did was they came back to the city as Joseph, as, just as Jesus said, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. They're praying. Waiting for what Jesus said, what he promised. Promise of the Father until they are clothed with power from on high. They didn't know what they're looking for. They're praying and waiting. Here's something that I just, is important, I think. Praying is waiting on God. Praying is waiting upon God for his power and his strength. Praying is waiting for God. So they waited. So what, what happened when they prayed? What happened when they prayed? Okay, so there's a verse, powerful verse. Uh, what happened? Did, did I? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I, I, yeah, uh, I got confused here. Okay, Be, before I, okay, what happened when, when, when they prayed? Right? Okay, uh, uh, no, sorry. My mind gets, you know, I'm getting old, okay? 
I'm getting old. Okay, my mind goes everywhere. I, I'm getting so excited here, but mine is traveling different place. Before this, this is amazing passage in the Bible. Actually, it is in Luke chapter 11. Jesus telling disciples about prayer. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you'll find. He said, anyone who asks, they will receive. They will receive. Anyone who seeks, they will find. Remember the passage? He ends the section by saying this. If you, you know, if you are, if you are a father, if your son asks for something, you're not going to give snake instead of egg. And he, and goes on to say, if you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Even a bad father, even a bad parent, do not, do not give bad things to their kids. They want to give good things to their kids. How much more so your heavenly father? What you, what you, what you, normally expect here is how much more would your heavenly father give good things to you but instead this is what Jesus says how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit he was, he was not talking about Holy Spirit at all he was talking about good gifts God gave what we ask but he ends by saying how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him those who wait those who ask him you see, Jesus is saying the thing that we, that he, God, the Father really wants, really wants to give to us more than any good things is Holy Spirit of God. He himself. He himself. His presence, his power, his nearness, his fellowship, his communion. He wanted more than all the good things that he wanted to give us Holy Spirit. If you ask. But yet many Christians, many even Christians do not know how to ask for Holy Spirit. And there's a very interesting, funny story, funny story, uh, how D.L. Moody, which, who was one of the most, uh, uh amazing, uh, revival, uh, revivalist evangelists in the, uh, early 20th, uh, until early 20th century. And he was talking about being filled with the Spirit and he would pray often for being filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and some people, somebody asked, why are you keep asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Did you not pray for that before? His word was, I leak. I leak. I need to be filled all over all the time. I leak. Don't you leak? I leak. I leak profusely. Profusely. And, 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 and even though I, I, I thought I was filled yesterday, this morning, I'm already, you know, all leaked out. I need more of the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It's what, Holy Spirit of God is what the Father really, really wanted to give to us more than anything else. Now, what happened when they prayed? So what, what happened when, when disciples, or they, they were together praying? First thing that happened was, Power impossible that came. Power to do impossible things. Power that, that able to do things that was impossible to them, God gave. And in book of, uh, next chapter in book of Acts, after they've been praying on the Pentecost Sunday, on Pentecost day, something happened, amazing happened. When the, when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, we were doing what? Praying and waiting upon God's promise. Suddenly, there came from heaven a noise 
I don't know what kind of noise it was, but it is a loud enough noise. Like a violent rushing wind. There was a wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There was sound of wind. And in the whole house. And, and there appeared to them tongues as a fire distributing upon them. And they rested on each one of them. When I was really, really young, younger days, I used to listen to this group called Earth, Wind, and Fire. I don't know if you ever heard. And I used to love this group. Anyway, something amazing was happening. And, you know, here's the thing. I don't know if you thought about this. On the Pentecost Sunday when, when Jesus, when God is giving what he promised the Holy Spirit, why was there wind? Why was there fire? He did. God didn't need to give those things. The wind and the fire is not necessary. But he gave those things, so let them know something is really happening. The wind and the fire wasn't necessary. Wind and the fire really was reminder of what God has done before. That is a reminder and he's saying, this is, I want you to see what's happening here. So God is saying, this is God's coming in the midst. And the first four is what I'm excited about. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues. And the Spirit was giving, was giving them utterances. Now, and, and, but you need to look at the next two verses to make more better sense of this. Now, there were Jews living in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and were bewildered because each one of them were hearing them speak in their own language. This tongue was not, you know, the, you know some people also, so what we commonly know about spiritual language where nobody understands. Now this was another kind of tongues where they were speaking the language they have never learned. It's like me speaking, I don't know, French, which I never learned. We, that's the only, only thing I know. Whatever, you know, the, 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 and they're speaking the language they have never learned. It's a Rosetta Stone miracle here. Okay? And what's the point? You see, he said, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. God was giving them ability. The communicative people, will, they will, normally would not be able to communicate. God was giving them ability, impossible which, in their own strength. They were able to share and communicate with the people they could not do it before. They were to communicate and tell them about God and grace and mercy. And so there is, that's a miracle, powerful. Often we focus on the fire and the wind. Those are good. But what happened with this? When Holy Spirit came, was God gave them power and ability to communicate with those who could they couldn't communicate before. Share the gospel. Amen. Now this is important because you know I I I have a I am a charismatic in many ways. I, I don't think I'm charismatic enough. I don't think I'm Pentecostal enough. And the other thing is that often because of those experiences I had before, I love a lot of signs and wonders. I love those things. Often I forget what that what it is about. The point is not that those are all great. The point is about God giving me ability to be what God called me to be. You shall receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon you. You will be my witnesses. If the power God is giving you is not helping you, really making you to be witness of Christ Jesus, something is not right. Amen? 
This is a quote from uh, A.W. Tozer. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from church today, 95% of what we do would go on and nobody would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament early church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. And somehow we came to a place where a lot of things we do as church, even in our lives, to not really involve the Holy Spirit of God, to not live by the Spirit of God, it is done often by own efforts and things. And we will go on without the Holy Spirit moving in us. Secondly, what happened when they prayed? First, the power and ability of impo- to do impossible came. Secondly, truth and remembrance. Jesus says in John 14 that the, the help of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes to you, he will teach you all truth. Not only that, he will help you to remember the things I've already taught you. I'm getting old. I need this. I really need this. I forget things. I, I forget things. I don't remember things. I need spirit of God to remind me the things that I need to know. And, and the here is the Holy Spirit comes and really so that, so we can be, we will be His witnesses, brings us to truth, understanding. And the, and, and, and the right time, right place, the truth that needs to be known and shared in the right places. One of the things that I, I, I'm really always astonished is that when I pray for people, and when I pray for people, you know, and, and, you know, and in the midst of the prayer, when I, especially when I trust God to use me to speak to people, I find God will give me thoughts and ideas in the truth for the person. Something that I do not know, but God will do that and say, oh, interesting. And, and, and I, I sin time after time. You know, and it was interesting, you know, I, I was, you know, and, you know, you know, one of, one of my, one of the things that I take sacred in my life was my time to pray in the morning. Every morning, I come, Monday, Monday to Fridays, six o'clock, and I, I pray. In the midst of my prayer, I will go through every single person in the church, and the, all the people that God brings to my mind, I pray for them. And, and often, sometimes, you're just going through the name by name, but and God will give me thoughts and whatnot. And I remember this, sometime this week, it was last week, I think it was a Friday, when I, I was praying, God led me to pray for some of the people in our church, leaders God sent out to minister. And, and it really, and you know, and I was praying through for, you know, Sue and Christina and, and Darren and Lynn and others. And I prayed for Steve and Aaron as well. And out of, and, and then that day when I went home, I got an email from Steve. And, 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 and I don't think it's coincidence. I have seen how many times I've seen God will connect people that He wants me to connect and God will make me, lead me to pray for people and things that I have not thought about and God will lead me to the things. And God will give you, and God will give you words. And this is where Jesus said, when you're before the lead, and the kings and whatnot, do not worry about what you say because He will give you the words to speak at the time. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, He will give you, lead you to truth. And remembrance. Third thing, when, when what happened when they prayed, 
not only the power and ability to do the impossible, truth and, and, and truth and understanding to speak in the right time, right moment, but also there was a boldness for witness. This is what you see in Book of Acts after that Pentecost moment, the, the event, movement, the experience, and they're out there preaching. Peter, who was a few days ago, was scared and, and denied Christ out there preaching from the people. And he preached the powerful word by the, by the power of the Spirit. It got to the point, people are convicted of their sins, and they begin to say, what shall we do? What shall we do? And he boldly says, repent and believe and be baptized. He declared boldly. And 3,000 came to know Christ that day. In the end, the gospel and spirit of God comes, gives us power, and it makes us win his witnesses. He gives us boldness, the witness. When you pray, you see, when you pray, God opens heaven, grants. And more than anything else, what we are praying for is Holy Spirit of God to really fully move in our lives. Then what shall we be praying? Um, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, what happened? It's not moving now. Did I touch something? Okay. Oh, sorry. And if Colossians 4 verse 3, it says, pray for us. Apostle Paul says, pray for us. That God will give us the opportunity to tell people his message. And then as we pray, pray. Yes, we ask Holy Spirit God to come and strengthen and empower us. But we also pray, we pray, God give us, give me the opportunity to tell people your message. Because call us Say, so we will be his, you shall be his witnesses. So I want to talk about just a few practical things. Very practical application of today's message. Three practical things to do. Number one, we mentioned it more than once. Do a prayer walk. Walk. I'm not saying, I'm not saying go to your house and lay hands and do the weird thing. I'm not saying that. Okay? Don't do those things. Okay? Please. But, Walk around the neighborhood, walk around, even at the workplace, and really, as you do that, you pray. Ask God to come. Ask God to move in the midst. You see, Rick Roman said, I, I like what he said, prayer makes me aware, and not only does it bring God into the process, but it makes me to think about those people. As I walk, do a prayer walk in my even neighborhood, even in my work and, and, and places. God, not only am I, I'm inviting God to come and miss, not only that, God really allowing me to really think about people and be aware of where they are, begin to see. Begin to see as God sees. You see, praying is caring. Praying is caring. You cannot pray for somebody and hate them. Praying is Caring. I like what this Dave, uh, Dave Stone, this person said. I found that when I pray, coincidences have happened. When I don't, they don't. Isn't that good? But I found when I pray, what pe- what we people see as coincidences happen. When I when I don't pray, it don't happen. You know that's not a coincidence then. 
And as you begin to, you know, you, I want to invite you, I want to challenge you. Do a regular prayer walk in your neighborhood and pray for, and do a walk and pray for your neighbors. And hear what God is saying about and invite God to come or let God, or let God help you to see them and love them as He loves them. And you know, you, you see God releasing coincidences in our lives. You know, and, and even, even like, you know, uh, that praying, God leading you to pray for somebody, and that, that day you're actually meeting the person. You see, praying, prayer opens doors. Prayer opens doors. This is truth. When you pray, we are opening heaven's door. When you pray, we are inviting God in. When you pray, we, we, God is, op- God opened doors for us. I remember about three, four years ago, the word God gave us was that, I said before you open door. I didn't realize there was a call to prayer. When he said, I'm going to set before open door. If, the, if praise what opens the door, God, God was really calling us to pray for the door to be opened. Amen? Prayer invites God into our lives. Listen, this is, this is important. Why is prayer important? Because when you pray, we acknowledge God, we need you. We invite God into our place, into our situation. I'm not saying anything new, but I'm just reminding us. Prayer invites God into my life. Prayer invites God into our community. Prayer invites God into our workplace. Prayer invites God into our nation. Second practical thing. I want you to do this. Set a reminder on your watch for 9.38. Okay, do it now. Set your watch on a reminder for 9.38. It can be a.m., it can be p.m., it can be both a.m. and p.m. 9.38. Okay? I only see three people doing this. Set a reminder. Set a reminder. Okay? And what I want to say, it may be, it may be 30 seconds, it is the 938 really comes of Matthew 938. Jesus said, pray, beseech, pray earnestly, beseech the Lord of harvest to send out the laborers into the field. You pray. I mean, I want you to say, even if you're 30 seconds, even a minute, I want you to pray. Ask God, Lord God, will you send out workers into the field? Laborers in the field. You said, there's so many need to come to see you and, 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 and do that regularly, daily. And, 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 and really invite God in. Set a reminder, 9.38. And, and you know, if 9.38, I mean, it feels like if you're doing only a 30-second prayer, even a minute prayer, you can do anytime, any place. And literally remind yourself to pray. Third thing is, if, the third thing, this is important. Tell those people who you have compassion for. It could be your family member, your, your work, your, your friends, your co-workers. You've been really, really concerned about. You God has put your, put heart in you, put, gave, gave, God gave his heart for them. I want you to tell them that I will, that I will pray for you. And, and actually do pray for them. You know, you know, you, you know what, you know, when you say that you know what's happening? Most cases people will not say, I don't want you to pray for me. I hate, no, most people accept it. And you know what, what you're saying when you do that is two things. One, I care about you. Second thing you're saying, I be, and, and so I believe in God who cares about you also. 
When I say I'm praying for you, I'll pray for you. You're saying, I care about you. Secondly, I believe in God who answers prayers, who cares about you also. And you see, you see how God begins to open doors. Very, very simple practical, practical things. You see this campaign you're doing. The action steps are very, very simple. Connect, serve, and share, and, and, and grow, and pray. There's nothing new. It's all we have heard. But simple th- things, simple actions, but this is really the keys, simple keys to really being a, living a life of mission with witnessing. Even these three simple actions I'm really ask, ask, asking you to do is really simply take a little walk, prayer walk, and set a reminder on your phone, your watch, whatever it might be, and thirdly, tell the people you care about, I'm, I'll, I'll be praying for you, and they'll also probably open doors for them, you know, you know what, and, and, and you actually do pray. Don't just say, I'm going to pray for them. Don't pray. You pray for them regularly. And, 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 and as you do that, you see God begin to give you opportunity. But God can be beginning to move in their lives. And God begin to change things, the atmosphere and all kind of things. This is what one of the things that Francis Chan said. I love this thing. He said, I don't want to live, I don't want to live my life to be expl- explainable without the Holy Spirit. I don't want to live my life where my life is totally expl- explainable without Holy Spirit. I want to live a life that doesn't make sense unless Holy Spirit is in, in, in the equation. I want to, we are called to live a supernatural God in me life. My life ought to be that, that's what God wants my life to be. And therefore, in Matthew, in Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Let your light shine before men in such a way that they will see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Amen? I just want to have one question. How far would you go? How far would you go to see your family member or your friends, your co-workers to come to know Christ, to find God in their life? How far would you go? How far would you go? It reminds me of a story in the Bible where, remember there was four men who were friends, had a friend who was, who was paralytic, and they wanted this person, their friend to meet Jesus to be healed. And they brought him in a, a little a bed or something and pallet, and they couldn't get him in. So they really went, climbed the top of the house, and they tore the roof, roof down and laid the man in there so that Jesus could heal the person. And the Bible said Jesus saw their faith and healed a man. These friends went that far to get see their friend meet Jesus. How far would you go to see your friend, family member, your co-worker to come to know Jesus Christ? You know how far our God will go? To seek and save us and find us. We are celebrating this Passion Week. Today is Palm Sunday. This whole week, we remember how Christ came to Jerusalem. It's last week. And he goes to the cross and dies on the cross. This, this is how far our God will go. How far would our God go? He's like the shepherd that went out after one lost sheep. 
until he finds it. He was, he is like the woman who swept the whole house with a lamp on to look for the one lost coin. He is a father, like the father in the house, waiting for the son, never give up waiting. And the true brother who leaves his father's house, look for the brother. Uh, on the way, he actually even died for the sake of his brother. Isn't that what this week is about? Jesus, our Lord God, went so far even to be nailed on the cross to die, to save us and seek us and find us. So I want you to join in this week. I want you to join in our Lord Jesus on Monday, Thursday and Friday as you remember how far our Lord God went to save us. And I also, I also want you to go Join him in seeking and, and looking for the lost so that they may be found. Isn't this all about this? God so loved the world. He did something. He did amazing things. He did the best and utmost. He gave his one and only son, our Lord Jesus Christ. So that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting eternal life with God. This is all about this. You see, this is, this 40 days of life of mission was about this. We believe in God who so loved the world. And that God said, you are on mission with me. And we, our life should be not only God so loved the world. We, because of God, we so love the world. God, we will go. We will give ourselves. The people not, might not perish, but have eternal life in God, our Lord Jesus. This is what life of mission is about. This week, I want to invite you to come, celebrate with us on, in a, in a Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday. Reminded of the love of God. Reminded of our calling. Reminded of our mission. Praise God. Our God is good, isn't it? I don't know who is a person God put in your heart to pray for. God has really put in your heart. And I care about this person. I love this person. Who is a person God put in your heart that they may find life that is in Christ? And, and, and um, see, when, see, when you look at the news and you look at the stories outside, brokenness outside, what does, what does, what does God want me to see in those things? Not only things that are evil, bad, yes, but God, you, God is wanting us to see with His heart how He sees this world. We may see and feel and, and really understand the world as it is. That how hard it will be moved with His compassion. He, He, He will do some, He will, that heart of compassion will move us. We cannot stay still anymore. We cannot be silent anymore. We have to say something. We have to do something. This is why somebody like Lana comes out. We cannot say, no, I have to do something. End up, end up, end up in Thailand and living her last 20 plus years as a single woman. Giving her life to see those broken ones come to know God. This is all of us. God's calling our life. We are people with compassion. He is here. 
I know He's in our midst today. I sense His Spirit. God just reminded me the best proof, best sign, best testimony that I'm filled with the Spirit of God is that I have love for the people, love for the lost. That's the best testimony that I'm filled with the Spirit of God. God who so loved the world who gave His only begotten Son. Holy Spirit who comes upon His children, sons and daughters with power, making us witnesses of Jesus, witnesses of our God and the gospel. The best, best proof, best testimony that I am filled with the Holy Spirit is not that I'm, I am shaken, not that I am falling down. It's really the heart, our heart that loves the lost. Have groanings and passion for the lost, the people whom he died on the cross for. Our God loves us. He lies over us. Holy Spirit, we ask right now, fall and fill us again with your heart, with your power. Fall upon us again with your truth. Father, we ask that you will be fully, fully honored and glorified in us, God. Make us what you call us to be. Your light, in, your light of the world, salt of the earth. The witness of our Lord Jesus. We are the testimony of your goodness to the world, God. We, we reflect your beauty and glory. So God, come. Holy Spirit, come. Move in us. Stir us with your passion, with your love. We ask for power to witness. We ask power for your ability to do impossible. To speak to the broken ones. To love. We love you, God. We love you, God. We love you. We honor you. Come, Lord, Lord Jesus. Now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and love of God, the Father, and the communion and fellowship of the Holy Spirit of God be open each and every one who looks upon Lord Jesus calls upon his name be upon all at home with new heart new compassion after God's heart be upon all who longs to be desires to be fully the testimony of Christ in this world be upon hope church from now until forever and ever. Amen.